0: Welcome back, and it's wonderful to be with all of you again today to share with you the second verse of Bhaja If the first verse points out to us to be very clear about the purpose and goal of life and employ the means to reach the goal and not get stuck in the means, The second verse is pointing out to us what is it that we get so entangled in that we do not reach for that which is permanent, that which is Govind. We can imagine the scene. The great Acharya with a group of his disciples walking in the crowded streets of Banaras and suddenly at that moment seeing the emergency, out of compassion calling out to this elderly man that at the appointed hour or the appointed second these material gains that you have gained, this kind of knowledge that you have is not going to help you, in fact, use it, to reach the goal of permanence. Naturally, some people would have gathered around him to listen to this great Acharya. And just like many questions arise in our minds, in their minds also, various questions must have arisen. And they would have asked, and one would have said, where do we have the time? Our whole life goes in the pursuit of wealth. Even to get wealth, to fulfill the desires of everyone is very difficult even in the family. Where is time? And Shankaracharya, who had earlier said, He mudha mate, O muddy-headed intellect, now directly says, He mudha, and he says, Mūdha jaihi dhanāgam trishnāṁ Kurusad buddhim manasivi trishnāṁ Yalla bhase nij karmo pātam Vittam tena vinodaya cittam Bhaja govindam Bhaja govindam Govindam Bhaja mudamate. Bhaja govindam, bhaja govindam. Govindam, bhaja mate is the refrain that goes on continuously reminding us that the real purpose of life and the goal that we're really seeking is that which is the state of permanence and therefore seek govinda, serve govinda, love govinda, know govinda, realize govinda. So, Shankaracharya says, Moodh Jaihi Danagam Trishnam. He says, O fool, give away the unending thirst for acquiring wealth. Bhagawan Shankaracharya doesn't say, don't pursue wealth. He doesn't say, don't have wealth. Unfortunately, most of the people in the world have either an obsessive greed for wealth or guilt against wealth. Bhagawan Shankaracharya says, like our ancient scriptures, the Upanishads, that it is the thirst, the unending Trishna for wealth which will never come to an end even if you were to acquire the wealth of the entire world and we can see that. Therefore, there is some time we have to realize how much wealth do we need. This doesn't mean that if we have the capacity to earn wealth that we should not earn wealth but recognize that wealth is a means to a higher goal. And desires just fulfilled through wealth are unending. Therefore, Bhagwan says, Kuru Sat Buddhim Manasivi trishna. Lift your mind to something higher. Sat means that which is permanent. Sat means also that which is nobler. So, kuru sad buddhim manasivi vitrishna Free your mind from this unending thirst. It is this unending thirst of wealth that causes in us anxiety, worries, fear, stress. Not wealth. Wealth by itself, as Puja Gurudev says, is innocent. It does not cause any stress. And we cannot say that wealth is not needed for our sustenance. But Guru Sad Buddhim also means keep it in its right place. Understand the truths of life. Keep it in its right place. Another lesson we learn from in them is don't get stuck in the means reach the goal, that's the first lesson. The second lesson is, learn to keep things in the right place. Everything has got its own importance. But when we give undue importance to something over other essentials, then it becomes harmful to us. Therefore, Shankaracharya says, Guru Sat Buddhim Manasivi Trishna Without this thirst, create the right attitude, create noble thoughts, and turn your mind, which is now whose energies are conserved, turn it towards something higher, something nobler, something more permanent, the truth itself. It just reminds me that once, when I was just barely a teenager, one of my cousin returned from abroad and older as he was to us he had brought many many things with him and was showing us and we were fascinated and one thing he showed us was a pair of shoes and he says, how much do you think it will cost? We speculated those days we got shoes for say 50 rupees so, okay, it's come from abroad, maybe it's hundred 200 rupees. But at that time, he told us that that shoe cost him 20, 30 times more than what we wore, our shoes. Meanwhile, the maid in the house was listening to this and quite shocked that one would spend so much money on a shoe. But next day, he couldn't find his shoes. Looked under the bed, looked under the cupboard, looked everywhere, under every furniture, but couldn't find his shoe. Thought that we had created, we had done some mischief. However, when he asked the maid, where are the shoes? The maid was angry, because these maids had brought us up as children, so they had a motherly authority towards us. So she said, why do you want it? He said, you know where it is. She said, but you're not wearing these shoes on your feet and walking on these dirty streets. He said, where are the shoes? And she had locked it in the cupboard, kept it on the top shelf, on a white towel, because it cost. It was so expensive. Remember, a shoe, however expensive it is, it's worn on your feet and a cap however inexpensive it is, is worn on your head. Wealth is a means to serve us, to reach our goals, to sustain our life. But when we make wealth itself an obsessive goal and our whole life is wasted just after wealth, we have to think in our life. What is it that we want from wealth? Kuru-sat-buddhim Wealth can buy us luxuries and comforts, but wealth cannot give us any amount of satisfaction and happiness. Wealth can certainly buy you sycophines, but it cannot give us any true friend. And yet, when Bhagwan Shankaracharya calls us mudha without thinking, very often we think that having wealth we will get name, fame, popularities; we will have people as friends or we will have more friends if we show off our wealth. But on the other side, in fact, we invoke jealousy, criticism, so therefore we must understand truly what is the place of wealth. What is the use of wealth in our life? And when Shankaracharya says, Kuru Sad Buddhim, doesn't mean that those who have the capacity to earn wealth should not earn wealth, but think what better use we can employ our wealth in. If it is only for our own pleasures, over a period of time those pleasures are never going to end and the spending of that money which is wasted on just mere sensational pleasures will never ever be satisfied and the more we get, the more we will want. That is why Bhagwan Shankaracharya, like the great thinkers of the past, is reminding us that it is the thirst, it is the greed of wealth. And this thirst is unique. As we grow older, it becomes younger. (laughs) Thus, desires don't come to an end. And to fulfill those objective desires, materialistic desires, we only go on entire life earning wealth to fulfill these temporary pleasures. This also doesn't mean that we are not to have our necessities, even comforts, and even some pleasures. But how do we really enjoy the wealth? If it is full of stress and anxieties, then that wealth we can't even really enjoy. All our life we find that for wealth we lose our health, and afterwards we lose our wealth to regain health. This is why we have to tell our own mind, Hey Muda, what are you doing with your life? Guru sat buddhim. Think what is the better use of wealth. There's a lot that we can do wonderful in this world with our wealth. And at the same time, The Rishis were not impractical. They did not condemn wealth. In fact, in our culture, in our religion, in our society, we have worshipped her as Mother Lakshmi. In fact, for this creation, even Narayana needs her to nourish this world. In fact, the entire nature is wealth. In fact, the real wealth is only, or what do we say, the tangible wealth is only nature. And it is from this nature only, we get everything to provide for our food, our living, our comforts and even our pleasures. Should we not? when we make it into productive, uh, uh, consumable items, which we today call as wealth, by which we boost our economy, should we not reinvest it back into the world, reinvest it back into nature, so that we have more productivity, more wealth in society, if we only go on depleting it, continuously keep on depleting it, then one day there is going to be shortage of wealth. While that wealth which is shared, that wealth which is distributed, that wealth which is reinvested, and that wealth which is produced through honest effort, Sat-Buddhi, and at the same time, that wealth is used for better causes. That wealth, indeed like Mother Lakshmi, is a blessing. And therefore, our Rishis have not condemned wealth. It's the greed for wealth. And they are not impractical. In fact, they have said that yalla nij karmo patam, vittam tena vinodaya chittam. If we try to earn wealth to fulfill our desires, there is no end to it. But, when we fulfill our needs, even certain good pleasures, with whatever we can earn, with our wealth, with our effort, then that wealth we can in fact enjoy. Vittam tenap we know the Under stress, anxiety, ill health, we can't even enjoy the comforts given by wealth. And even when we have them, when there is greed for wealth, jealousy towards others, Etc. is constantly burning us within, and we are not able to even enjoy the wealth we have. Remember, one thing that I learned from our elders is that whether you have wealth or you don't have wealth, you are rich when you are content and make good use of what you have, rather than cry and feel miserable and anxious for what you don't have. In fact, that energy that is conserved by not being worried and anxious, if we employ it in our action, we would be more productive, we would be able to bring about more wealth in society. And with that, we would be able to serve even more. Thus, yallabase nij karmo vittam tena vinodaya chittam And, if we can live our life enjoying, sharing the wealth that we have produced through our sincere effort. Destiny is not unfair. It is the result of our own actions. Whether you say the destiny from the past, it is going to bring you the wealth that you need. If it is the effort of present times, whatever sincere effort we put in, and with that, whatever wealth we get, if we live performing our duties, enjoying our life with ease, conserving our energies for nobler, nobler thoughts, nobler achievements, at the same time not neglecting our spiritual pursuits for which very often we do not have the time. It's so beautifully demonstrated in the story that when Yashoda Maya during the different growth of her little she has got so many guests coming to her house and celebrations are going on. At one time, she keeps Krishna under the cart of milk and curds and we find that little Krishna with his feet overturning the entire cart. Very often in life, spirituality takes the back-burner. That which is permanent, everlasting or even that all-loving, compassionate, giving God takes, if not secondary place, the last place in our life. For we give so much importance to wealth even beyond our immediate relationships of family, etc. If we only ask ourselves, How much atrocities have been created for the greed of wealth? How much plundering? How much destruction? At the same time, how many relationships, even in the immediate family, even today, are affected because of just fight over little wealth? In fact, whatever is there in your destiny, nobody can take it away from you. Rather that which is willed to you or given to you, for which very often people fight, that which you'll earn from your sincere efforts, given by the grace of God, given by nature, that wealth truly can not only provide us our needs, but also be a means for peace, for greater amount of enthusiasm in life to produce more and by that we can give more than what we take. Otherwise this thirst has got no end. It reminds me of a beautiful story that we were told as children and very often it is attributed to Alexander that when Alexander came to India and after he fell sick and really speaking this country is protected by grace of God. He fell sick and he was returning with his army, many of them dying. It is said that he had left, asked to leave his coffin open and his hands come out so that the world can see that the person who has conquered half the world, goes empty-handed. Then what have we produced if we have to go empty-handed? I often used to speak about this story, till one elderly gentleman came up to me and he said that Swamiji, you speak all logic, but this story is not fully true. I said, yeah, it may be attributed to Alexander, it could be attributed to anybody, It just has a good message that we came empty-handed, we go empty-handed. Really speaking in this world, whatever wealth we produce, we cannot take even one paise, one cent with us to the next life. Therefore, hmm, pursue. While you use your wealth intelligently, pursue that which will go with you the result of your good actions. That which you have given back to society will return back to you even in other lifetimes. What you have offered and the relationship you have built with Govinda, with God is that which is going to sustain you even in the afterlife. Why not pursue that? He said yes. However, he said a person who has plundered all his life could not give such a wealthy knowledge to the world and go. Someone for his greed and lust for power would not have given such message. The truth is that there was no hole in the coffin. But his dead body broke open the coffin and said, give me more, give me more, give me more. Because this Trishna does not even end, after death. But the results of our good actions, our devotion, our knowledge of the truth is that which goes with us even to the beyond. Therefore, bhaja govindam, bhaja govindam, govindam bhaja mudhamate. So, let there be no excuse that in midst of performance of our duties, in our professions, earning, let us also serve bhaja govindam, bhaja govindam, govindam bhaja mudhamate, samprapte, sanhite kale, nahi nahi rakshati dhukrin karne. Hari. Thank you for tuning in to this episode by the Chinmaya Mission. If you like what you hear, please consider subscribing. If you're looking for exceptional and detailed content on the Bhagavad Gita and how Lord Krishna's advice to Arjuna is relevant to the hurdles you face today, or understanding your mind, or explanations on Hindu scriptures in easy-to-understand English, The Chinmaya Mission YouTube channel is the place to be. All links are in the description.